Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Today is Tuesday, October 1st. That's right, it's already October. Uh, the NFL and college football seasons are flying by. Plus, now we've got some postseason baseball to dive into. Uh, today we're talking that National League wildcard game between the Nationals and the Brewers. It's Max Scherzer going against Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers, who, uh, yeah, Woodruff's been really good for the Brewers, but Max Scherzer, it's hard to go against him. Uh, the problem is the Nationals are minus 175, which is never a bargain bet. But the problem I have is postseason experience. When you have a guy like Max Scherzer, uh, it's hard to go against a, a guy of that caliber in the postseason. And plus, you can use starters. It's so fun uh, in baseball this time of year because it's not normal baseball. And we see some of the starters coming out of the pen. And it makes for some uh, really interesting matchups. Plus, we've got plenty of college football to get to, uh, starting with Auburn, Florida. A uh, big SEC matchup, matchup there. Both teams 5-0, and and also a fun one because these, these two teams don't meet quite as often uh, as some of the other SEC teams because obviously Auburn's in the West, Florida in the East. Arizona, Colorado, another game we're getting to in the first segment of today's show. Uh, and then second segment, you guessed it, more football. Uh, we've got college football with Joe Duffy, Washington at Stanford, UGA, Tennessee, uh, and Michigan State, Ohio State. Can that Michigan State defense step up against one of the most prolific offenses in all of college football? And then finally, we're talking NFL, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Raiders in London. Should be a fun one. Uh, and then Packers, Cowboys, another really interesting matchup. Uh, one of those that I don't like to bet because that's a game that I want to watch with no nerves and no anxiety. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're starting off hot with Major League Baseball and a little college football with Chip Cherimbus. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up on any of those social media platforms. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. And also right here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Right now, let's dive in to some college football with Chip Cherimis, who's with us in the studio here in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your college football right now, Chelsea, is a little difficult for me to speak about considering the Saturday I had. We had been sitting here all last week bragging about how well I was doing, 14-3 entering Saturday and the last 17 Oh. Went 0 for 5, Chelsea, and that hasn't happened in a long time. So it was like, a tough weekend, I think, well, for a lot of people because there were some games that I don't think a lot of people well, saw coming. Sometimes, sometimes you zig when you should have zagged. You got, I got off Iowa State and I got off Toledo, and, and just things happen like this circumstance where Virginia really could have covered easily against Notre Dame. But that's the gambling life we're in right well, now. Well, it's it happens. gambling yes, in general. That's right. You know, there's no guarantees anywhere, but I've got virtually a guarantee this weekend in the Pac-12 with a contest between Arizona and Colorado. All right, let's talk about that one. Colorado favored in this one, uh, minus four. Total sits at 63.5 for this Arizona-Colorado matchup. Well, you know, um, both clubs are 3-1, and one, Chelsea, but there's a big difference between the way they played um, in the four games Arizona's, Arizona's only covered once 
and Colorado is three and one. Now Colorado comes up a four point favorite at home, but I'm not too concerned with that. I'm concerned about the number, the total on this game, which is 63 and a half. Arizona's averaging almost 38 points a game. They're giving up 29 points a game. And that's lowered Chelsea because they played a 20 to 17 game last week against UCLA. Colorado, meantime, is scoring 36 points a game and giving up 31. I don't see how this game stays under the total. These two, when they go at it, they certainly look to score plenty of points. And I can't see anyone stopping Khalil Tate, if he's healthy, this is, who last year threw 77% against Colorado, five TDs, and 350 total yards passing. Right, that's a big if. He is questionable for this week. But if he does play, like you mentioned, he's been especially good against this Colorado team. And not only that, um, they've gone over in the last four meetings between these two, Arizona and Colorado. But the Colorado quarterback also puts points on the board, 67%, nine TD passes, only two interceptions. That's Steven Montez for the Buffaloes. I, I can't see, you know, on a side on this one, maybe I can, I can think about Arizona, but um, I think the way to go, I think the definitive winner in this game, Chelsea, is to play it over. Arizona's averaging 552 points per game. But 552 do, No, not so many points. I, I was mean, like, yards, wow. I mean, yards. You really want to take the over. I beg your pardon. Um, yards per game. I mean, yeah, gotcha. yards per game, of course, 552. But they are 7-9 and nine on the road against, I mean, 7-19 and 19 on the road against the points in the last 26 games. So taking Arizona into points, I think, is very shaky. I think the way to go is two great offenses, two weak defenses, and to play this game over the total. And it's more fun to watch when you take the over. You're, you're always rooting <laughs> for somebody, right? Short. You're always rooting for somebody to score as opposed to rooting for the clock to run out. I understand people hate betting the under. I know. Sometimes it's the play, though. All right, let's move on to Auburn and Florida. A big SEC matchup here where both teams come in 5-0. and oh. Auburn favored by three in this one. Total sits at 47 and a half. Great SEC matchup. Mm-hmm. Florida, two undefeated teams, 5-0, and oh, but Auburn comes in 5-0 and 5-0 and and against the points, whereas Florida, who always seems to be struggling against the points, is 2-3 on the number this year. Now, Florida comes is a dog for this time, first time in this game, Chelsea, in 10 years. Florida has been a favorite 10 straight years in this game. Now, Auburn comes in as the powerhouse and is the favorite. They've covered and won the last four meetings. And Florida, the Gators are without Felipe Franks. The right. starting quarterback, he's done. But I don't think that's going to hurt them all that much. I was going to say, he's he, kind of been a roller coaster of emotions for Florida fans. Because sometimes he, he throws abs- picks, he taunts the crowd. He's, I mean, sometimes he's really good, but then sometimes he makes those decisions where you're just shaking your head. Very inconsistent, and um, it's hard to believe Florida's actually won their last eight games that they've played because they just don't cover the spread, and you don't have that positive image of them. Right. Well, they haven't played anybody super tough. Uh, They did have that opening win against Miami, which is not looking quite as good right now. uh, There's something going on in Miami, Chelsea. I don't know what it is. There's there's big problems. I mean, Rick just walked out, and it was his dream job, his his school, his alma mater. So I don't know what's going on down there. There's a lot of issues. They're a big point this week, a big 14-point favorite this week over Virginia Tech. But Florida... And Auburn, and you know, you're saying how people hate playing the under. Well, that's the way to go in this game because (laughs) defense is the key. Five of the last six matchups between these two have gone under. But I have the definitive side on Saturday in this game. This is going to be one of my big-time releases, and it's time for me to release a conference game of the year. I'm 1-0 in games of the year this season already. I documented 13-2 and on picks and parlays last year, and we're doing it again, once again, right here. And this SEC game is going to be part of my package with Auburn and Georgia. This is a great matchup. If there's any game in the country that I can go to, I I mean Auburn and Florida, if there's any game I can go to, this would be it. 
Well, it'll be a fun one to watch as well because for Auburn, uh, their key has been their defensive line when it comes to size yep. and speed. That's really their bread and butter. But it's also interesting to me uh, if their offense can really hit stride because Bo Nix, uh, as we know, he's a freshman. He seems to be getting better. He's not... He's not like a stalwart of they're any putting, sort yet. But. They're putting up an amazing number of points considering he's only completing 57% of his right. passes. But, you know, he's very effective. He runs really well, and he's a leader. He reminds me of, of a Billy Kilmer type that somehow is going to get the ball down the field and in the end zone, if you know what I'm saying. I was going to say, Bo Nix seems to be good when it counts. Yeah. Uh, sure. So as long as he has enough talent around him uh, on that Auburn team to get him to the fourth quarter, uh, I think it's hard to count Auburn out because this year, resume-wise, I think they should be a top-five team. But that right now, they're what are they? I think they're ranked sixth or whatever. But they dominated Mississippi State. I mean, I was quite right. surprised. That was one of the games I and felt Texas short with. And they just seem to be in sync right now. But this is a Florida team, like I said, that comes up big time after time. And now they're an underdog at home. This really one right home, now is a flip, you know, coin toss. At right home, now. it matters, especially for Florida. They're a lot better at home usually. Uh, they have great fans. And like I said, I think this is an interesting one because these two teams don't play a whole lot. Right. They don't play every year. So it's not the familiar foes that either team is used to when it comes to playing divisional opponents. Well, you know, it's, it's such a great matchup. And the SEC has so many great matchups. I mean, every, I week, every week these teams, I mean, they're dominating the top ten. They're dominating um, – so every time, there's always a ranked team being played another ranked team. Well, I know. This time of the year, anyway. But, I mean, is it as fun as those Pac-12 after dark games? 67, well, 63. <laughs> well, well, you know what? We've been getting out of Washington State now. If you heard what uh, uh, Leach said about them, he said they're soft and they're entitled and they're fat and they're oh, lazy. Oh, fat and happy. Yeah, yeah I saw that and people and, uh, are mad about so it. So I think Washington State might be a look at this week. <laughs> right after the coach called oh, him fat happy. And, and later he said, um, he says they're lousy, they stink. Well, maybe yeah. he's trying to motivate them. All I right, think. we got like two minutes left. Uh, let's get to uh, this National League wildcard game going on tonight. Brewers, Nationals, Nationals favorite in this one, minus 175. And I believe that is because Max Scherzer is on the mound for them at home. Uh, they're facing Brandon Woodruff. Uh, for the Brewers, 11-2, 3-6-2 ERA, and quite the strikeout rate of 143 strikeouts in just 121 innings of work. And I know you like the Brewers in this one. Well, I'm not so sure about that, Chelsea, but I can, <laughs> tell, I can tell you that um, these two teams, no one ever expected them to be, actually be in the playoffs. Think of what Milwaukee had to do winning 18 of 20. They did close the season with three straight losses at Colorado, but by, by then the issue had been decided. And Washington, who started the year winning only 19 of the first 50 games. They were 19 and 31, ended up going 74 and 38, Chelsea, in their last 76 games, or 105 games. But this matchup has got great pitching involved. You got Brandon Woodruff, who the Brewers are 18 and four behind him as a starter, 11 and three. But he's only thrown four rings, Chelsea, since July 21st. And Max Scherzer, who's been on and off the disabled well, list had, as well, yeah. and um, he's 11 and seven on the year. But once again, a really fine ERA, 2.53. You know, Washington, the Nationals led the National League in runs scored. They come in having won eight straight. But there's a but here. The but is that. Scherzer's only 14, and they are only 14 and 13 in Scherzer's 27 starts this year. He's 2-7 and seven as a starter in the home playoffs, or Washington's 2-7 and seven at home in the playoffs. 
So it's a really diff difficult call laying this kind of price, Chelsea. Right. I think that's the bottom line is the value. And, and the value would be on the Brewers, and that's how I would see this. But I think the way to play it without having to lay a big number is to play it under the total with these two great starters. And like you said, you may see Strasburg. You'll see a great bullpen out of the Brewers. Patrick Corbin. They'll look to keep this under the total, and five of their last seven matchups have gone under. Should be a fun one. Yep. As always, thanks for joining us. We'll be back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. Uh, we've got Joe Duffy joining us for a little expert analysis. Uh, hello, Joe. How you doing, Chelsea? Let's pick some winners. All right. Uh, this segment, we're doing college football. Let's start off with Washington and Stanford out west. Uh, the Huskies favored in this one, minus 15. A total is sitting at 52. Uh, Washington 4-1 and one and also 4-1 and one against the spread. Stanford is 2-3 and three and just 1-4 and four against the spread. How are you seeing this one? Yeah, Chelsea, I do think that Stanford's probably a little bit better than they've shown this year. Obviously, they've had some tough luck and they have had some uh, injuries um looking at the total here as as well as the side i do have a system here that says when the total is significantly less than each team's last total use the odds makers knowledge against them and it does go under at a 379 252 and 15 rate uh washington they're pretty good against the pass they hold teams to 1.8 yards per pass below their normal average Meanwhile, Stanford's pretty good against the run, um, allowing just 126 rushing yards per game. The teams that normally allow uh, 178, but you know, still, I, I don't think Stanford's as bad as they've shown this year. Washington, Jacob Eason, he's been very good, but I don't know if he's been great enough to be laying all those points on the road. Right, and that's one thing that we need to mention because Washington at home is almost an entirely different beast than Washington on the road just because Washington's home field advantage is one of the better uh, home field advantages in college football. Uh, but how are you seeing this one play out? Do you think uh, it's going to be the defenses that are so good, or do you think uh, the Stanford offense struggles here? Uh, or no, both? I think the Stanford <laughs> – well, I do think the Stanford offense are not going to have necessarily one of their better games, but I do think the defense will be able to keep it close enough. One of those interesting things, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it on Thursday when we do the sharp report, but a lot of the early money is on Stanford, even though with 58% of the bets on Washington, you got 74% of the money on Stanford. And a lot of people would say that means Stanford is the sharp play here. And I can't really um, disagree with that. Now, that being said, for years and years and years, and I know, you know, Ch Chip, he was on before me, he's one of the few people I think has been in the industry just as long as I have. I know for way back in the days, back in the 1980s, some of the old timers would tell me, you want to take those big points in conference play, and that used to be true, but somewhat surprisingly, conference road favorites of 14 and a half or more since 2015, 147, 101, and four. Uh, I'll tell you flat out, it's 98% sure it's not going to be a premium play, but I still think Stanford is good enough to keep it close. Right, and sometimes when it's in gambling, you have to uh, kind of go. Uh, you have to see things before everybody else sees them, and right now Stanford's not one of those teams that's looking very good, but at the start of the season, uh, they were supposed to be good. I know their offensive tackle, uh, Walker Little, he's out. 
Uh, yeah. That's a, a mm -hmm. big blow to their offensive line. To be fair, Washington was one of those teams that's supposed to be really good as well. But 15 points is a lot. Yeah, and it's one of those things. I'm not one of these people that throws out all the preseason projections as the year goes on. You know, I still use that Stassen.com, which does a pretty good job compiling all the preseason projections and coming up, um, you know, with a consensus. Washington, the big question mark about them was going to be how good was Jacob Eason going to be? And he certainly hasn't been bad, but he, he's not necessarily, you know, that front runner for Heisman. He was kind of a pretty good dark horse candidate for the Heisman Trophy, and he hasn't been quite that dominant yet. Now, granted, some might say this is a pretty good statement game. Uh, it is true Stanford is better against the run than they are against the pass, so maybe that would make you a little bit nervous as far as betting the under is concerned, but I just don't think Washington is quite dominant enough to be laying this many points on the road, and as I said, Stanford, they're, they're better than they've shown you got to still realize that I just don't think the preseason projections were that far off, even though Stanford has had their share of injuries. All right, next up on the docket, we've got UGA at Tennessee, an SEC East matchup that used to be a little better than it probably will be yeah. this season. Uh, this used to be a fun one, but now Georgia is big uh, favorites in this one. I saw a line uh, that was minus 16 and a half. I've seen it go to minus 25, I believe is the number mm -hmm. now. Uh, and the total sits at 51 and a half. You might have different numbers. I don't know how much this line has moved. Yeah, I think the um, 16 and a half goes back to the true opening line where a lot of those casinos had their, their games of the year posted before the season even started. And yeah, Tennessee, they just haven't, Jeremy Pruitt hasn't really turned the program around the way some people thought. You know, they may regret uh, getting rid of, you know, not even giving Shiano a chance, although Shiano's out of football. So that's a whole nother story altogether. I was going to say, that's correct. not a I bag mean, of worms we probably want to open here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, you're right, uh, Chelsea, what you said. I moved down here in 1988, and I remember Georgia and Tennessee was one of the great rivalries. It was just a notch below Georgia and Florida. That, that was a tremendous rivalry back in the day. Um, Great rushing teams as big favorites are a pretty good play. 329, 243, and 15. That would favor Georgia, though I would say it's it's five, it's actually five games under 500 the last year plus. I know the good uh, road favorites momentum angle that's 262, 196, and uh, six. Uh, you know, a lot of people are putting some stock in it. The Bulldogs, their offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney, took a big raise to go to Tennessee. They're saying, well, that should help him, really. He, you know, he knows the Georgia offense. I mean, maybe I'd give a little bit of, of credence to that, but probably not, not really all that much. Uh, now, we'll see one thing in Tennessee's favorite, large home underdogs versus teams in winning streaks. And when the team in the winning streak is off a bye, pretty good play, 45-23-1. So that will um, benefit Tennessee. But still, all in all, I do think it's a mismatch. I don't know if Georgia's going to have that much of a chip on their shoulder where they played fairly close to Notre Dame. I don't think Georgia really needs to make a statement here, but I just think they're just so much better and uh, so much deeper, and Tennessee's just a bad team. I know. That's kind of the problem I have with the 25 points almost is that Georgia can play really conservatively and not give out, you know, anything, anything for the game tape on this one and still win by a lot because 25 points is a lot, but to be fair, Tennessee has not been good this year. Yeah, and, and Georgia's very deep at running back, so even if they're right, trying to run out like the five. Clock, they can still <laughs> right, they can still break those big runs and wear uh, Tennessee down. And again, 
if it's got this, you know, we're recording, we're, of course, this is a Tuesday, so we don't know what the weather is going to be, but if, the, if there is some that southern heat, it's going to benefit Georgia, which is a much deeper team for sure. And I will say this, by the way, the stat I just gave in the previous game, the Conference Road favorites have been very good, as I said, since uh, the uh, 2015, I guess it is, uh, they're of road favorites of 14 or more, 147, 101, and 4. So this is just a big mismatch. And yeah, like I said, I think the depth of Georgia is just going to wear Tennessee down. Right. As you mentioned, I think the depth is the, the key factor here because even if they put in their backups, uh, Georgia's second, third, fourth, and even fifth string running backs are really good. Uh, and that's the, <laughs> the issue that Tennessee, I yeah. think, is going to see. Yeah, I think that's really the key, Chelsea. As you said, you know, obviously, even when teams are trying to run out the clock and use the clock, they're going to, of course, go to that ground game. But Georgia's very good on the offensive line, and they are so deep at running back. And guys that, you know, are fighting for position, fighting for playing time, saying, you know, I want to play. So even if Georgia does get conservative with the lead, obviously, you know, Kirby Smart, he's not like James Franklin, who enjoys running up the score. But I think it could, uh, one of these things that come more naturally, I won't say organically, um, I will say naturally, <laughs> because like I said, Georgia has that ability to break off that big play, even if they are playing conservative. So, and I'm not even so sure it's even going to be that close at the end. It might be, you know, Georgia up by 30 and Tennessee is going to have to get the back door. I think this is a pretty big mismatch. All right, let's move on to another, uh, well, I wouldn't call that last one a big matchup, but let's call this one a big matchup. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, the Buckeyes favored by 20 in this one. Total sits at 49.5. Uh, Michigan State comes in 4-1. and one. Uh, Overall, Ohio State 5-0 and oh, and also 4-1 and one against the spread. How do we see this one playing out? Uh, do we think Ohio State can cover this big number against a Michigan State defense that's supposedly uh, probably the best defense that Ohio State has faced so far? Yeah, it, it is. And that Chelsea, meaningless fact, I'll be headed to Ohio State in about nine days. And in fact, I'll probably be stopping in Knoxville, Tennessee to eat the last game that we uh, talked about. But we do have a big, as I said, college football, number one momentum sport out there, college or pro, and a nice momentum angle that applies to Ohio State. 579, 410, and uh, 27. And it's gotten a little bit better this week. It's been somewhat stagnant over the past couple of years. I should say this year, it's been very good. I believe that angle is 10 and 5 this year. But here's the, the key um, Ohio State is the second best spread team this year in terms of margin of cover. They're covering by an average of 20.9 points per game. Now, teams that this late in the season, teams that have at least five wins and an ATS margin of 18 or better, Pretty solid 20 and 14 against the spread. So that shows you that Ohio State's in rarefied air. But I think when you look past those statistics, Ryan Day, he's taking over for one of the great college coaches of all time. Whether or not, you know, you're a fan of Urban Meyer as a person, you think he did it the right way. He's enormously successful. So I can understand how Ryan Day, in the back of his mind, still wants to prove that he's a legitimate head coach and that Ohio State is a, a very legitimate team. And furthermore, He's got, you know, the transfer, Justin Fields, who is very much a Heisman Trophy candidate. So I think Ohio State has a couple fairly legitimate reasons to get some style points here and uh, run up the score. So I do like Ohio State minus the 19 and a half or, or whatever the exact number is, 19 and a <laughs> half. Whatever you want to give them. I, <laughs> I know yes. Ohio State's no, been, 
one of those teams that's been extremely dominant this season. I thought Wisconsin was going to be that last weekend, but they weren't. So, uh, yeah, Joe likes the Buckeyes in this one. Uh, we'll be back after the break with more football talk. We want to thank Joe Duffy for joining us. Salute to you, Joe. Uh, and we'll be back. Stick with us with NFL after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're really easy to find. If you just search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up, so very easy to find, and we always appreciate your feedback. Uh, I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And on our final segment, we're getting down to some NFL with Craig Trapp, who's here in the studio with us here in Las Vegas. Hello, Craig. How are we doing? Week five of the NFL, you believe it? After this week, we're a third of the way through the NFL schedule. It's crazy. And some, I think now we're starting to see uh, who are the contenders and who are the pretenders. <laughs> a, few, a few key matchups this week. Uh, you know, last week I thought there wasn't that many, but then we saw a ton of upsets. So you never know with the NFL schedule, but the few key matchups, a few that we're going to look at today where uh, teams can take a you know, command, I won't say commanding lead in the division, but take a huge step forward for playoffs not that far away after, right. after this week. Uh, speaking of upsets, the Rams are coming off that big loss to the Bucks. Who would have thought it? Uh, so many points in that one as well. Uh, this week, the Rams and the Seahawks face off on Thursday night football, where the Seahawks are favored at home, minus one and a half. Total sits at 49 and a half. Uh, do we think the Rams are getting enough credit here? Because sometimes... I almost like taking a team uh, off a, a bad week because they get a little less credit. Well, I always like a team that plays really bad and then heads the road. We talked about that last week. We had a winner on that. Uh, same kind of thing this week. Rams, you give up all those points after the defense had played pretty well uh, the, against the Browns uh, this year. I thought they would have no problem against Tampa Bay. Boy, I was wrong on that one. Uh, but now you go on the road, very tough place to play on a short week in uh, Seattle here. And we saw this line flip. Uh, Seattle was uh, initially a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Now they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So interesting line movement here. Um, home home uh, underdogs usually do pretty, pretty well um, in these Thursday night games, but now they're the favorite, so it's a little different story. Right. Some of these primetime matchups, we've seen the under hit, uh, even though some of the, the offenses haven't been quite as prolific. So that might be the, the answer for that. Uh, we did see the Eagles game uh, score a lot of points. What do we see uh, when it comes to the total on this one? Well, the total's 49.5. The unders on Thursday Night Football are 3-1 and one this year. The only one that did cover mm -hmm. was the Eagles and the Packers in a really high-scoring game last week. So maybe that trend uh, of unders is over. Uh, but, you know, to me, I think this one is, is more about the side in this one. You really have to take a, a stand on what you think, what was that, that what happened last week at the, right. to the Rams' defense because the Rams' offense had no trouble moving the ball and put up plenty of points. If you score 50 in the NFL, you should probably win every game. <laughs> and this is twice in two years now the Rams have scored all these points and not won a game. Remember last year, the high-scoring game uh, in, with Kansas City. Um, I like the Seahawks, uh, the way they've been playing, but they're two wins, or they're three wins. Two of them are against the Bengals and the Cardinals. So, right, they're not quality wins. Yeah, it's, you know, I will say they're one loss, very quality loss against um, a, uh, well, it was at home, though, but it was against uh, the, the Saints, Saints, which, you know, looked really good again on, you know, back-to-back -back And plus, now. that was kind of a fluky game. I know the Seahawks, um, or the Saints, scored a touchdown off a, it was either a, f a fumble, fumble, recovery and yep. then a punt return maybe it was a kickoff return uh but granted just saying that two of those touchdowns weren't even offensive touchdowns so yep. uh, i don't know if you throw that one out or 
Well, to me, I just think I, I love teams that come off of really bad performances. Uh, I just think you get a lot of value here. That's why we get the uh, extra points here. We're basically getting an extra field goal. I think the Rams go on the road and win this game outright, but we're going to take the points here. I just think Jared Goff, McVay will have that offense rolling again. I think Aaron Donald um, will take it personally what happened last <laughs> week, and I think Aaron Donald's going to have a big game. Russell Wilson uh, I, always, I always say Westbrook, but it's Russell Wilson uh, will be running for his life, which sometimes that's when the big You know, plays that's happen. when he's the best. That is, is when, when he's the scrambling best. around. They got to keep him in the pocket. And I think um, you'll see them rush from the edges and then um, Aaron Donald come up the middle and put pressure, which he's short. So that really hurts him. I, uh, uh, I know he's close to your heart. Chelsea's uh, NC State guy. And even though he finished <laughs> at Wisconsin, I know you consider him a NC State guy. So Well, he was at NC State for three years. So. Right. And you were there at the same time. So, but. He loses this week. I like the Rams here. Let's take the one and a half points with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. All right, let's move on to the Bears and the Raiders. And this one is in London. Uh, so it's a long trip for the Raiders, uh, even though, you know what, they don't have the greatest uh, fan base. And they play on that field that has the infield because uh, we know they, they play on the converted baseball field. So, you know what, maybe it's a, a bit of an upgrade for them. Uh, Bears are favored at minus 4.5 in this one. Total sits at 40.5. Any of those numbers looking juicy to you? I think this, this line came down. Remember, uh, this line earlier was 6.5. That was because, of course, the injury uh, with uh, Chase Daniel uh, at helm. He looked really good in right. fill, filling in last game in a big game against the Vikings. I think uh, the Bears will have no trouble with this game. Um, you know, historically, these London games are very high scoring, but the Raiders haven't been great on offense, or at least not consistently great. And the Bears, they're up and down on offense, and the, they have a great defense. So to me, I, I would stay away from that total. But if you are going to play, I would say historically, these London games are like crazy, like 10 and 3 the last uh, 13 goes have gone over. But I like the Bears minus 4.5 here. I just think Derek Carr is going to struggle against a very, very good pass rush of Chicago. They uh, are just completely wrecking games. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to have nightmares for weeks. Um, by the time the nightmares get over, they'll have to face them again. That would be the problem <laughs> right. for Minnesota. It's a problem with divisional opponents. Yeah, that's right. You've got to face them twice. Uh, Chicago, I think their defense, their running game, Chase Daniels doesn't turn the ball over. I think they win this game pretty convincingly. I think they win by a touchdown plus. So let's take the Chicago Bears minus the four and a half in London. This week, but that game is a one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, not an earlier game. Yeah, so you don't have days. to wake up at six a.m. if you're here in Vegas. That's like right. That. That's right. <laughs> so. you, you sleep in. It's just a normal East Coast start time uh, for this London game this year. Right, uh, as you mentioned, Chase Daniel has been really good uh, filling in for Mitch Trubisky. Who Mitch Trubisky? I mean, it looks like he's still progressing. He's not to the point uh, where everybody thought he would be when it comes to this offense, and it's really been the defense that's been carrying uh, the Bears. It seems like. Well, to me, Mitch Trubisky might not get back under center this year if Chase Daniel continues. When you have a defense like this, you just have to avoid the turnovers, be a game manager. And I think they were trying to do that with Trubisky, but then he would just force the ball at times when he didn't need to. Uh, let's remember back to the opening game against the Packers when they lost at home. I just think Chase Daniel, being a, a veteran, I think he'll be a better fit for this team. I could see where he is under center rest of the year, barring injuries. And I think he makes it 2-0 and uh, this week, as I'll give him last week since he played most of the game. All right, let's go to the Packers and the Cowboys, a very fun one. I thought this was the Sunday night game just because uh, these two teams, big public teams, uh, but it's not. It's not the Sunday night game because the Cowboys are just coming off a Sunday night game. Uh, Cowboys favored in this one at minus 3.5. Total sits at 46.5. Uh, do we like the Cowboys or the Packers in this one or the total? Well, 
this one is, is, is one of those games, and you look at it, like you said, this could have been the Sunday night game, it could be the Monday night, it could be the Thursday night game, but both these teams came off featured games last week. Packers lost on Thursday, uh, lost that, uh, they were 3-0 headed, lost at home to an Eagles team that was struggling, so that was kind of a big surprise to a lot of people. And then, of course, the Cowboys were 3-0, go to New Orleans and lose um, to a minus Drew Brees Saints team. So both teams, I think, would be kind of upset about that. And I think right. this one could be a future playoff matchup uh, down the line. I, I love uh, the way the Cowboys have been running the ball and then play action pass with, of course, Dak Prescott. I think uh, Jason Garrett continues to show that he deserves this job. I think the Cowboys get the win here at minus three and a half. Let's remember both these teams are also three and one against the spread. So uh, been very good for betters. I think Dallas Cowboys, I'd get on this now because I think this line's going to go up. I could see this line end up at four, four and a half. And uh, you definitely want to get on a three and a half. It's a big difference than that uh, once you get to the four number. Right. I think uh, the Cowboys defense has been better. Uh, I know everybody loves to talk about offenses and Dak Prescott uh, and Zeke and even Tony Pollard, a great running back combo, but uh, their defense has been really good this season. They have a lot of talent in their linebacking core. Uh, so I don't know. This Packers offense, it's still kind of a mystery when it will finally live up to its potential because they are scoring points, but they do have Aaron Rodgers and they should be scoring points. Well, the question for Dallas, and it was, you know, before this last game was, who did they play? They played the Giants, right. Washington, the and the Dolphins. And, <laughs> yes, they only allowed 10 points uh, to, uh, I'm sorry, 12 points to, uh, to a minus Drew, Drew Brees team in the Saints. But they really haven't faced a team with all their weapons yet, or a good team with all their weapons, let's just put it that way. And this week, I think they do. I think Dallas is going to have to play much uh, better on offense because I think their defense is going to be solid all year long. I mean, I just think they're deep. They don't uh, make mistakes. And I think they pressure the quarterback with not just one player. To me, I think nowadays with as many passes you have, you have to be able to, to get pressure from multiple players without blitzing. They can do that. I think the Dallas Cowboys get a big win here. And the Green Bay Packers could, uh, you know, now two straight losses in a very, very tough division. So right. I think Green Bay, this is a tough spot for them because you go, you know, start you start 3-0 and and then you lose two games in that division. You might have to win 10 games, uh, maybe even 11 to win the division. And now they'll have two losses the way I look at it. Right, especially in that division this season because that that's one of the tougher divisions, it seems like, or one of the, the, the divisions that's really up for grabs. Uh, the Packers, I think if they can stay in this one, at least with the Cowboys, uh, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is he can scramble around and get it down the field uh, in a hurry. He throws the deep ball better than just about anybody uh, in the NFL, and it doesn't matter the play calling. It doesn't matter what Matt LaFleur is doing on that offense because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's some tension there still, but Aaron Rodgers, the way he makes things happen, uh, it just makes me think that the Packers are always going to be in it. Well, these two teams also uh, faced off in 2017. It was a really high-scoring game, 35-31. Uh, Dallas lost at home um, in October, so very similar. Two years almost to the day they're going to be playing. I think uh, this one's going to be a much lower-scoring game this time, and I think Dallas Cowboys gets a little revenge in this spot. And like I said, I, I haven't been a big fan of the Matt, La Matt LaFleur hire. Um, no. I haven't been a big fan of the way the offense has looked, and that's definitely his direction there as well. And, you know, you go from 3-0, oh, well, it was a great start, and then all of a sudden the Well, whispers. it was the defense, too. Yeah. That, and the whispers that first, start. That first game against the Bears, that was their defense. That was not Matt LaFleur. And a little bit of the Bears' help, too. The Bears, <laughs> uh, you know, 
And, you know, I think the Bears have improved on defense or on, on offense. Their defense has been good. I think the Packers' defense will be solid. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And a good, a good, if you like defensive battle, this would be a good one to watch. But to me, I just think the Cowboys have something to prove here. I think the Dow, Dallas Cowboys at home, uh, minus three and a half. Let's remember, there's only two afternoon games uh, this week because of the London game. Um, so this is going to be by far the better of the matchups in the afternoon slots. Right. Who likes defensive games? Do you like watching those? I don't. <laughs> well, it's, it is a refreshing battle. I don't want to see what we saw on Thursday night football. I was going to say, I didn't really enjoy that Packers-Bears game. But that was also <laughs> bad offense. It's like I like when guys, you know, it, Make they plays, can move the I ball suppose. up and down the field. But then, you know, they, they kick field goals every once in a while. They didn't do anything. I mean, they just didn't do anything in that game. I think that this will be a much more exciting game because there's way more explosive players. The Dallas Cowboys, right. Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, that's their big three. I think they'll have no problem moving the ball. Um, maybe they kick field goals, but field goals might win it in this game because that's how good I think both of these defenses are going to be this year. I think both of these defenses will be top ten defenses by the end of the season. I wonder if they throw it to Amari Cooper with four players covering him again. Did you see that? Yeah, he he's that good, but I think you might want to spread the ball around if you're Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I will say also, uh, uh, you know, they have probably as many weapons outside of, of their guys as well. They, have, I love their possession receivers Dallas has, and I think that's a big thing. I, I think Green Bay uh, and Aaron Rodgers would love to have the weapons. Oh yeah, that the it Dallas really hurt him when um, I forget what game it was when Devontae Adams went down. Yeah. I knew as, as soon as he was on the sideline that that was going to be an issue. Well, they, you know, they've lost, you know, Jordy Nelson and then Randall Cobb back-to-back seasons, and they really haven't replaced them. They have a better running game now, uh, Green Bay does. But when you have Aaron Rodgers, you'd like to give you him need, some weapons. Yeah, you need to throw the ball. <laughs> That's where you're going to win, you know, at the end of the game. And he doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. I love Adams, but outside of that, I just think the Cowboys have way more weapons. And at home, we'll lay the three and a half with Dallas Cowboys this week. All right, those are NFL picks with Craig Trapp. Uh, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of your favorite social media platforms that you love to waste time on during the day, at work, wherever you may be. Uh, but it's not time wasted if you're getting some good info. If you want to head over to our YouTube page, we have recaps and uh, previews of most games going on this week. Last week, if you want to check our picks, uh, but it's kind of like a Netflix for sports bettors. Uh, we've got all kinds of good stuff on there. Uh, if you search picks and parlays, really easy to find. Right now, let's get to a recap of all of our picks from today's show. In case you were sleeping on us, or if you're just now tuning in, no worries, we got you. Chip Cherimbus gave us some picks for college football. Auburn at Florida taking the under 47 and a half. Arizona at Colorado taking the over in that one, uh, 63 and a half. And Brewers Nationals, that game tonight, the NL wild card. He's taking the Nationals minus 185 and the under 7.5. Uh, Joe Duffy gave out some picks for college football as well. Washington Stanford taking Stanford at plus 14.5. Georgia, Tennessee taking Georgia to cover that big number, minus 25. Michigan State, Ohio State, uh, a big matchup there, a night game. Uh, he's taking Ohio State. At minus 19 and a half. Craig Trapp gave us some free NFL picks for this weekend, starting with the Thursday night game. Rams at Seahawks, taking the Rams plus one and a half. Bears at Raiders, they're playing that one in London, uh, taking the Bears 
minus four and a half. And then finally, Packers at Cowboys, taking the Cowboys, minus three and a half. He's taking them boys to win that one, uh, or at least cover. That's our show for the day. Uh, thanks for joining us. As always, you can find us here, One Pacific for Eastern, and also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.